When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports, bi-week mailbag edition. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. Logan, you enjoying your bi-week? I am enjoying my bye week yeah, but I was way busier than I thought I would be. I thought, oh, we're going to film all our shows on Monday, but then everything happens, no, you know, no, clients no, no, no. and things, and here we are. Work is a thing that will take the space that you give it. That is something <laughs> I've learned in life. So if you, you have a project, and it's a five-minute project, and you have an hour, it's going to take you an hour. So make sure you block yourself off that five minutes and get that sucker done. Um, that is the nature of things. That or you, you push so many things to the side that you all of a sudden have time, and you're like, oh, I have time to get to the B list. Oh, this got long. Then you don't yeah. have time anymore. Right. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. All right. So here's what we got today. Uh, got a bunch of great questions uh, via Twitter. Uh, who knew? It's Twitter, place you can still go find good stuff. Uh, so thanks to everybody who sent in questions. We're going to try to get to as many of them as we can. And Logan, they start hot. They start fiery. Yeah. They start. <laughs> they start straight to the point. Eric Batista, thoughts on trading Terry McLaurin next year? Potential return compensation? Uh, and, and obviously those two questions are tied, um, but they're also a little bit different. Um, everyone wants to trade everyone right now, or at least some portion of the fan base wants to trade everyone because that's what happens when you're losing. Um, but there's also a lot of folks that I think rightfully look at Terry as, as a pillar of this organization and someone that you can build around. So what are your thoughts on the potential of trading uh, and I'll, I'll throw John Allen in this as well, those two guys this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know how I feel about trading Terry. I mean, obviously, I am I'm always believe this in the draft. I believe it in free agents. I believe it if the price is right, you got to do it. And so mm -hmm. just the question is, like, what is your price for Terry? What is what, what do you think is good value for him? And I think a lot of fans would, you know, maybe if it's a second-round pick, I would engage that conversation and see what's going on and offload the contract and free up some cap space and really do a total rebuild. I, I personally would probably be less likely to make any kind of definitive move on Terry because I just feel like he's 
there is a obviously an on-field component to what you're doing, but I do think like there's an off-field element to it as well. And I think he's been a pretty consistent pillar in terms of leadership in the locker room and in the community. He's the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Like he's 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 big he's big time. And it's not just off the field stuff, but I think he's a good football player. I think he's kind of the right built the right way. You rewarded him, and I think you rewarded him for a reason. So I mean, obviously, like I said, if the situation's correct, I'm. I'm all ears. You know, if you're going to say, Hey, here's a first and a th- or a second and a third, I'm going to definitely look at it. You know, I'm going to talk to Terry, see what he wants. And I think he's like garnished or earned that kind of respect from the organization and from me. So that's what I would do with John. I think that's a completely different story because John has made it pretty clear that he's very unhappy here. Right. He doesn't, he, you know, he wants to kind of go and play for a winning organization. And if I'm the head coach and I want him around, I think there's a, a pretty good opportunity for me to convince him that we're going to be winning a lot of football games here very, very soon. We've got a lot of draft capital, a lot of free agent money. But if he's, if I can't convince him, then yeah, right. I'm going to look to see if there's something I can do. Right. If, if, and again, if, if the value is there for the trade, you know, if it's again, if it's like a second and a third or a second and a fourth, it's pretty hard to say no for a guy who is, who's, who's openly said he wants, he's, he's considering moving on. I would definitely look at it. And again, like I think, I think the the argument for saying we're going to be winning a lot of football games in 2024 is going to be pretty easy to make, especially if we make some good moves in the offseason. And, you know, the offseason is always a little bit of a crapshoot, but I think that's kind of how I would approach it. And, and you know, we don't have all the information. We don't have all the, the details on kind of totally how those guys are feeling. But I think John's made it very clear that he's open to that. And if he's open to that and the price is right, then, yeah, I'd probably make a move. And that sounds pretty crass, I'm sure, or calloused, but that's the nature of the NFL as a business, I think right. so. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's, I think, what John's saying, too, is like, I, John made it very clear. He would like to win here, but the win comes before the here. And right. that's understandable for a guy who's been here for seven years and seen the stuff that he's seen. I also think that for John, I'm a little more willing to do it. Also, if I'm if I'm just doing totally cold and crass, like, I feel like there's probably more good years ahead of Terry than ahead of John in terms of their absolute peaks. Sure. John may be at his peak or at the end of his peak where tear. And that's the nature of the position, the body size, the body types. Um, John did a lot of injury stuff. Part of the reason he fell to where he did in the draft where the commanders could even take him is because there was a bunch of injury concerns about him. And that's a, that's a calculation that Washington can make and they have the, the better medical information on him versus a team that's just going to be able to perform a physical after they've already completed a trade. Um, so there's, there's that kind of stuff that you're wondering about too, um, on, on the Allen side, on the McLaren side, like I agree with you on, on the, the larger guiding principle here of like, if the price is right, you got to do it. I just think with Terry, like my price is very high Yeah. Now, to, to be clear, very high is like, yeah, if someone wants to offer you a, a high second round pick, then you have to consider it considering how much money you owe him and what that could mean and how you've spent some of your draft capital and, and potentially what's available to you in this draft. Um, you know, if, if all of a sudden you're picking third in this draft and someone offers you a second for Terry, knowing you can go get Marvin Harrison Jr., that becomes a different story potentially. Sure. Um, and so there's, and by the way, Malik neighbors is also sick. The kid out of LSU, um, yeah. a lot of people have him going top seven or so. So if well, that's the case, then, you know, then, then that affects your your price, right? Is is you decide what your price is, but it's not just Terry on the field, like you said, that sets the price. He is the ultimate worker. He's he's the right kind of guy to lead your organization. Uh, I think in many ways, I wish he would have been more vocal at times over the last couple of years. Um, he chooses his spots, and I think he could have been 
um, at times when there were some louder voices in the room, perhaps I would have preferred to hear Terry's voice instead. Mm -hmm. I just think he goes about it all the right way. Like you said, Walter Payton man of the year, tremendous off the field and in the community, a guy who'll be beloved here forever. Um, and should be, and by the way, John should be, uh, well respected here forever too. Um, and for all, all that he's done, but Terry, especially if you're shaping a young quarterback, like I want a guy like Terry around someone who's a great weapon, but also is not going to be a jerk about it, um, as well. And so I, I'm not super keen on trading Terry McLaurin. Um, the other guy that we didn't mention that I will mention here just to say why we didn't mention him is Deron Payne. Those are now considered like the, the bona fide three best guys on the team because they signed Deron last off season. You lose, like it, it becomes a cap penalty. Like I need yeah. two first round picks for Deron Payne because it's also going to hurt my salary cap. And sure. no one's giving you two first rounders for Deron Payne. So that's yeah. why we didn't mention Deron uh, in that. Anything else to add on to John or Terry? I think just the thing about Terry that I would also point out is there does seem to be like, this is from like a broader picture roster building perspective is, you know, I, I do think receivers are, are nearing the space where they're going to start getting devalued. I just think the market is so saturated, especially in the draft and free agency, you can find, really good players so maybe you kind of that boils into the calculation at some point saying hey you know as much as we love terry as much as he's a big part of what we want what we want and hope to be um you know we can if we get a second round pick we can get a guy to replace terry mclaurin with that pick because there's just so much depth in the wide receiver uh in the college wide receiver ranks i mean there's just you know everyone's running four wides everyone's got you know guys who have a thousand yards receiving that have sick kind of run after the catch and they're very, very well polished. So that's another thing that might factor into that. But again, I agree with you. I think, um, I think he's probably a guy who ends up staying just from, you know, like the recency of the contract and, um, his, his kind of his leadership in the locker room. I also think he's like, John, you might be selling like, I don't know, people, people still know what John Allen is, right? Terry, yep. Terry has a down year, but I think Terry's a better football player than this. Um, I think John's a better football player than this. And I think the injury in the preseason has hurt him a lot this year. But um, like the idea that like a year ago, no one would be considering trading Terry McLaurin. And I still think he's the football player. He was a year ago. He just had sure. a weird, a weird bad year in a new offense with a young quarterback that he hasn't exactly gotten on the same page with. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's go to Danny's question next. Uh, at Worky77, uh, which which up to now fringe player would you like to see more of for the rest of the season? Hmm. This is That's actually really, a tough question. It's a really good question. Because I, don't, so, I feel like a lot of the, the guys have played, whether by design or by necessity. Right. So the, the guys that come to mind are like Quan, who's playing more now, which I'm excited to see. Percy Butler, he's been playing a lot, and I think he's been playing better. Um, I think defensive line-wise, you got the young defensive ends. They're getting a lot of burn at the moment. I think the only guy that I would even kind of throw out there would be Chris Rodriguez, just to see him get a little bit more touches. He might have an opportunity with B-Rob being hurt. I think he's shown us what kind of player he is. I think there's good value there. But, you know, if you want to see a young guy get some more opportunity – Maybe that's the solution. And then I would say maybe one of the young tight ends. 
you know, Curtis Hodges um, has been inactive every single game. I don't, I don't think he's ready to be active yet. But, you know, maybe Cole Turner gets some more opportunities in the passing game or more, whatever that is. And, again, I don't need to see that because I don't think he's earned that opportunity. But if there are is a guy that you're like, oh, hey, what about this guy? Maybe, maybe those are some names that come to mind. Jabril Cox at linebacker again. Like, I don't yeah. think he's, I don't think he's earned the opportunity yet. I think Cody and Jamin are showing good signs and they're playing good football, especially the last two weeks. Um, so I don't really feel like a necessity for that. But those are some names that that come to mind. I was just trying to think of, uh, across the offensive line if there was anybody that any young player, Schoenberg's but I, hurt. That's the bummer. Yeah. Um, so he'd like be Schoenberg. the guy. Yes, if Stromberg could get back, like I'd probably play him at center. Sorry, Tyler Larson. Yeah. Um, I would I would consider that. Um, but like Brandon Daniels is on IR. He's not even an option. Um, like he was IR before the year. He's yes. not an option. And like there's all your draft picks. Like could you see a Mitchell Tinsley maybe? Um, That's what I was I was going to say. Mitchell Tinsley or Bryson Tremaine maybe as like a special teams guy just to see if they could do it when yeah. the lights are on on Sunday. And, um, you know, I think they they both had good preseasons. And so it, w it wouldn't be as a starting receiver but it would be like in a special teams capacity because I think sometimes those are good opportunities for guys to to kind of get their feet wet and, and show what they what they can or can't do. I think Christian Holmes is a perfect example of that. So, um, yeah, those guys would be interesting. But, you know, nobody that – I think all the guys that I want to see are playing at the moment, and it's just kind of some of those fringe guys. If, if you have a hankering, I could see that, but I don't think yeah. they've earned that opportunity. I, I just want like a consistent role for the guys that are already out there. Like Emmanuel Forbes needs to play 100% of the snaps. Quan Martin needs mm -hmm. to be out there on a regular basis. And once you get past that in this draft uh, class, you're like down to Chris Rodriguez pretty quick. So I, I well, and then KJ, I think, but KJ has been playing. He's playing yeah. a lot. He's like a rotational right. starter now. So yeah, no, I, I agree. All right. Uh, obviously there's going to be a lot of free agency money spent this off season. Mm -hmm. uh, they're depending on what they make, uh, move wise, they're going to have somewhere between 80 and a hundred million dollars in cap space. You know, they move on from a guy like Logan Thomas that frees up a, a significant amount of cash. Uh, I believe Charles Leno's in the same boat. So there's, there's opportunities to, to create more cap space or to keep some veterans around to help, uh, either with depth or just as mentors, or maybe start, uh, depending on what your, your plan is and what your scheme is next year. But, um, this question is, I think an interesting one, uh, from, the spear uh, at pay the man on Twitter. Uh, granted, we need to be patient with the product on the field, but what are the top three things ownership has done to improve the conditions for free agents? How could the how would the player survey go this year? Cold showers were not a good look. Um, well, I think honestly, the number one thing is that they are new owners. I think that's the number one thing. I think people underestimate how how the drama around Dan and by extension the team made it really unappetizing to come here. I think Harris, um, I think his patience has been excellent. I think that's something that needs to be lauded and kind of just applauded in general just because it's it's great. It just shows a, such a difference in approach. And so I do think that's a big deal. I think having the money to spend is also a big deal too, like money talks and getting guys up here. And I, I just think I, I really can't, just from talking to people around the league, overstate how important just the ownership changes and how this becomes a way more appetizing position. And, you know, people talk about the facilities, like I've been all over the NFL and these facilities, why not? Well, not amazing to me are not that far of a departure from what other places I was at. So I think like that's, it's important for fans to understand, like you're getting paid a lot of money to play NFL football. If the price is right, I don't care if the showers are cold. I really don't like I'm going to play football. So I think um, and and when you're at the practice facility, that's really not been an issue there. They have hot water. They have cold tubs. They have a great right. wet Fed works FedEx is, is a, you know, again, they inherited it so late 
they're going and Harris is already committed to making that a better place. Um, but the practice facility is the one that needs to be upgraded to impress free agents. Um, yeah. like you need, you need to walk, if you're going to come visit, which a lot of guys don't even do anymore. Like you're talking right. about the top, top free agents will actually take a visit. Most guys are on the phone with their agents going, who's going to offer me the most money sick. I'll yeah. sign. Yeah. Um, but if you do take a visit, uh, you want to see, you know, good stuff. And I, I think that there's already been some improvements made. Um, and there's been kind of incremental improvements that I think Jason Wright, uh, and company have headed up in some capacity, um, that they were just kind of hoping that Harris would pay for in green light when they got there. I mean, right. Ron, obviously, uh, on the football side of that as well, um, has, has been helping to spearhead that. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is a critical off season for some of that stuff. And I think that, the biggest that seems thing, more like a long-term yeah, thing though, you know, like moving yeah, practice they might, they might move the practice facility entirely. Right. Right. No, and that's. Um, I think. I think we see that the same way. Yeah, for sure. In terms of things they've already done as well, like the investment in analytics and being a modern, cutting edge organization, like you can sell that to a player and to an agent, being like, "Hey, we know how to utilize your guys. Like we we have a, a modern football operation." So hiring Eugene Chen, and then obviously by the time for agency will have come around, they will have hired a new GM and a new head coach, and that coach should have a top flight staff, and those guys are all going to be paid very well. Um, I think that stuff is the most important thing. Like who, who do you want to play for? Do they have a clear vision? Can they sell that vision? Right. Um, so that's, hasn't been done yet. Um, in terms of things that have already been done. I mean, I don't think, I, I mean, I think that's the thing fans need to understand though. There's not like, there's not a lot that they can do right now, in my yeah. opinion. Like they, it's but they've like actually done, like they've improved FedEx, they've improved the practice facility, they've they've started making football hires. Like they've done about as much as you possibly can right. do. It's just the can do list is not very not very long. And so that's why I'd say that the most important element coming out of this is just that you've shown a good patience as an owner and you've shown a different leadership approach. And so I think like to your point, you hire a GM, you know he's not going to get fired in the same year. You're going to hire a coach. You know, he's not going to get fired in the same year. It provides a little bit of stability when making those decisions for a player. Um, and, and I do think this is a very appetizing place to play if you're a free agent. Like living out in Ashburn is a is a great spot to raise a family. You know, having the access to D.C. is important. Like this is a good spot to be. And irrespective of facilities, which sounds like they'll be improved over the next three three to five years, like that's great. But this is, a, this is very appetizing. I think the things you're talking about, like having a, a, a patient owner, Hiring a GM, hiring a head coach, having a four-year vision, knowing that a player coming in can be a part of that vision or a five-year vision, whatever it is, I think is is so so important to attracting free agents because the area is great. I mean, you've been in DC, everyone, it's fantastic, right? So there's not like that stuff will, will take care of itself. I think this new ownership element is is huge, and I think in terms of upgrading facility, that seems like something that'll happen when they decide where they want the actual practice facility to be. Yeah, personnel is, is the most important thing. And then I, I will say the one thing they've also done is re-energize the fan base. Like it's reminded players like, hey, yo, when if, did you see that the footage from DC when Harris bought the team? Did you see the first couple of weeks at FedEx Field? Like that place was rocking. If we can get a winning product going there, like we're going to have fan support. And I think that's that's an important thing that the Harris uh, ownership group has already done um, that will continue to, to, to show in the future. Obviously, might be a few rough couple of weeks if the Miami game and how many Dolphins fans there are any indication.